Oh my god. Wait, wait, can we do the introduction again? <laughs> yeah, we can do the introduction again. Hello, my name is Ian Solano, and thank you for tuning into our podcast. I'm 21 years old. Um, I am from Los Angeles, California, and I attend USC University. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, thanks for introducing me, Ian. Um, my name is Trinae Yang. Um, I'm 19 years old, and I'm currently in <laughs> Seattle, Washington, but I also go to USC. We're doing a podcast, a weekly podcast, giving mm-hmm. you the best content, and yeah. our podcast is going to be called Conversations in Clownery. Okay, so let's talk about Conversations in Clownery. Why are we doing such a stupidly named podcast? The okay. first thing is because we're huge clowns. Okay, yeah. And besides that, besides the fact that we are huge clowns and we do stupid stuff all the time, um, we're actually taking a class called medical clownery. And so what does that, what does that mean? How did that start? What, what is the story behind this? Um, basically, I was just kind of perusing the USC catalog one time, just uh, looking for some two-unit classes to take because um, I just had the room in my schedule. And I found this really interesting class in the theater department, right? And it's called medical clownery. And I said, what is this? I click on the link and it's just talking about um, introduction to how to become a medical clown. And so I tell Ian, I was like, Ian, we should absolutely do this. And he tells me, he was like, what is a medical clown? Holy shit, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) You're actually fucking crazy. Um, And I was like, you know what? I also had two units, but I also took improv last semester. So I was like, you know what? I'm down. I want to have a class with you. Let's do it. Yeah, and I mean... The, the whole concept of medical clownery, as I explained to Ian, was being a hospital clown. So, you know, you know, people, when you think of a hospital, you think about the doctors, you think about the nurses, you think about all these people who have so much information on diseases and they've like gone to school for this stuff. Um, and that's how they treat patients. But who really thinks about the medical clown, the people who are really doing the emotional work for these patients and making their days better? and improving their hospital experience who who thinks about that who who does i do me <laughs> you do you do now, now i do um, now and do. so you know i know trinity and i post up to our zoom online university and mm-hmm. we're listening to our professors speak about medical clowning right and kind of why that's important and then that's when i realized i was like damn i actually have a place in a hospital even it though i can't be a doctor <laughs> rock my shit yeah <laughs> and he kind of described to us kind of why medical clowns are needed well, the first thing you have to understand is that like in a hospital, that shit's sad as hell, right? People are dying, they are uncomfortable, and you have patients left and right that have like these diseases, they have cancer, they have like their toes cut off, like they have their <laughs> limbs like, you know, all broken <laughs> and shit. Like Sorry, they, got, they, they got they got they're like eating stuff that they should not eat, like their their stomachs are messed up, like their brains are all like in the in the way and and, and also, <laughs> they got, okay. And they got stitches and the limbs are fucked up. And, Stop. <laughs> so bad. In order to fix this, enter no. the medical club. Oh my god. Okay. Never mind. Okay, never mind. So you know what? I was gonna add on to something, but Okay, fine. Okay, so enter the medical clown, right. So the whole concept of the medical clown is 
you are this person who takes away that powerlessness from a patient. And how does that happen? So the idea of the clown is to just be the lowest person or the least knowing person in any situation. Your whole being is about people making fun of you, right? So it's like you don't have a lot of power in any situation. You're literally um, kind of the butt of the joke always. Um, and yeah, because, because a, a little bit it's like when, when you're the patient, right? Um, you're, you're kind of the last person to kind of figure out whether or not you're going to die. Right. You're, like, you're you know, in, in a ladder if, if a hospital was a ladder, right? So the patient is always going to be on the lowest rung because you have the doctors and you have the nurses and you have maybe even family members who know a little bit more or a lot more um, compared to the patient of just what's going on and like how the outlook is going to look and how the treatment's going to be, how all these things are going to be. And so that's a really like powerless feeling for the patient. And you feel like very alone in that sense of of really just not knowing anything. So when the clown comes in and the clown literally does not know a thing. It's a the clown, clown is, guy. <laughs> it's a clown. It's a clown. Clown <laughs> Yeah. And so the clown takes that position. And by empathizing with the patient and seeing the need that, um, seeing the need for somebody who can be that person of support and be that person of empowerment for the patient, the clown listens to what a patient needs and sees um, what they can be, and they take that idea of being the least knowing or most powerless person um, from the patient, and they become they they allow the patient to have some level of control. Exactly, and when I heard this, I was like, "Damn, professor, you smart as fuck!" Like, <laughs> damn, I PhD said, or I whatever. Said, Suddenly, I I need to be a clown to help. <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not sound like that. <laughs> I uh, I was like, wow, that's uh, really interesting. And, yeah, well, you know, I sounded like that. I, I, I texted Trinity and I was like, yo, Trinity, we should probably start a podcast on this shit. Like, this is like some next level shit. And, and so I, I was down. And we said we were down. And then so now we're here. We're trying to figure out how we can connect those lessons on how to be a clown to the real life experience. And so to today, the world. to the real world, exactly. And so today we're kind of elaborating a little bit on the idea of making sure that the patient is all right, right? And so like Trinity said, the main job of the clown is to really understand what the patient needs. And it starts off with being someone that can really adapt to situations. To be a good medical clown, you really need to have a better understanding of how to connect with others. And that starts with reading the room. Right. And so if you're a medical clown and you see that your patient is sad, it's like, Just holy shit. Like you <laughs> like imagine the if room. he's sad and you go ahead and try to tell a joke that just doesn't match the room. <laughs> like, bro, the you're fuck? not reading the room. That's not yeah. the room. You're not being a clown. Right. Um, you're, you're not being, being a, a clown. good clown. You're not being a good clown. You're being a clown in the regular sense, but not in the sense that we want you to be. You know, we want you right. to be the best fucking clown out there. All right. Mm -hmm. So the first step in that is you got to listen. Right. Whether that's listening with your ears or listening with your eyes, you need to observe what's happening in the room. If you see that the person is sad and doesn't want to talk, they're probably because like something else is happening. Right. You got to figure out exactly what's making them sad and how to make them feel better. And um, by the way, by the way, right now, we're actually teaching you how to be a clown. We're actually teaching you how to be a good clown and how to apply those lessons of being a good clown in real that's life. Right. That's right, yes. motherfuckers. It's like someone's like, damn, you're a clown, you know? And you're like, yeah, fuck it. I am a clown. What's up? Um, and all and that shit it? that entails. Exactly. Boom. Refer them to this podcast, please. 
<laughs> and so there's kind of like two steps when it comes to this, right? The first thing when, when you're trying to learn how to be, to better adapt it to someone is you need to understand kind of how to identify those situations. And the first thing is listen. You got to understand what the person needs and kind of be that person, whatever that may, may look like, right? In a, in a medical clown setting, that's someone that, you know, is willing to talk to them, let them rant about like how, how much they're, what they're dealing with, and then just try to make them feel better. Right. And so when you identify these situations um, or when you when you're thinking about how do I identify these situations of where I can listen and where I can be that person, um, basically, how do you know when you need to step up? Well, first of all, I feel like really inherently you just know, like you get a feeling of of when you know that something's wrong. And and yeah, people can say that there are telltales. There are telltale signs. That's a tongue twister. Mm -hmm. Um, They say there are telltale telltale signs of like when when your partner stops texting you or when your friend texts you in a different tone or when somebody just kind of gives you attitude randomly um yeah those are really obvious or if, signs if a kid is sitting at a hospital bed yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are also really really intense signs um but really honestly just you have a feeling and you'll know when something's wrong and a lot of the times people just choose not to listen to that feeling right they choose they see these subtle um things that are going wrong and they just choose to ignore it they go maybe oh um maybe it's just it's just a day but but the thing is it is a day and there's there's definitely an opportunity for you to step in right there and to make their day better if something's going wrong or if something's not um great and so what do you do when you see these subtle situations or when you feel these subtle situations of something of an opportunity that you can take to make someone's day better. Exactly. So the next thing is you want to step up to the situation, right? You're realizing, damn, you know, my girlfriend, my mom, my brother, my whatever, your friend. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All of them are just sad. Yeah. They're all in this sad room. How do you make them feel better? And so the first step is like figuring out how to step up to the length, to, to the plate. And I think it really begins with really understanding what their love languages are, right? What, and if sorry, you don't what know, is love language? so love language is kind of like, you know, everyone feels a different way of, they, they feel love in a different way, right? For me, mm-hmm. in particular, my love languages are physical touch and quality time. And then aside yeah. from that, there's like gift giving, there's words of Access affirmation service. and acts of service, right? There's five love, love languages. If you understand what their love languages are, then you can easily try to make them feel better. For instance, if I'm feeling really sad, it would be best if someone just comes and like gives me a hug or touches my shoulder, right? Or spends time or with just you. Spend si- exactly, spends time with me, right? And if your love language is gift giving, if I, if I recognize that you're being sad, the way that I can step up to the plate is I can buy you boba or I can buy you a new dog, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> whatever, whatever that <laughs> That's is. That's intense. Um, and if someone's and so, like, sorry, ahead. if someone's having like words of affirmation, that's your love language. So maybe like writing them a nice text or, you know, a little handwritten letter, something that um, really affirms their presence and makes them feel better through words. Exactly. And as Trinity and I were kind of looking at this um this first point of like identifying the love language. If you don't know what the love language is, then make a best guess, right? Don't fucking ask them. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> like, dude. Hey, I'm <laughs> hey, I'm really sad right now. Hey, bro, what's your love language, dog? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't you know, do just, that. Just, just guess. Um, and I think everyone just kind of wants to be heard. And so I feel like that's a good given for a general population. Um, I, also, also, I think a lot of people 
they they can you can infer what their love language is based on how they approach you right so exactly. if someone if someone always sends you really nice texts maybe you can kind of infer that um how they want to give love is words of affirmation so maybe how they want to receive love is also something similar exactly exactly and so again identify their love language and then act up on that the next thing is that you just want to listen dude sometimes people don't want to fucking like hear advice all the time right like I, I sometimes i tell my friends that i'm sad or upset and then they give me advice i'm like bro i already know how to fucking solve the problem i just want someone to listen to me mm-hmm. um so i think that's also very very important right and then so you you identify their love language and you act up and you listen and you you don't give advice right away um those are all really great things for how to approach these relationships in your life um and how to step up but after you learn to step up like you can't just leave it there right you can't just step up once and be bye. like oh that's it <laughs> bye <laughs> um i did my time right <laughs> i did my time <laughs> um no so the whole point of being a good clown and a good friend is you need to develop that consistency you need to establish that trust as some Somebody that 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 person can come to you at any time at any day um, exactly. and just be somebody that you know they can depend on that they can trust exactly imagine if a medical clown comes with a patient right and you start to establish this relationship and somehow the medical clown just disappears one day Ouch. will the person feel sadder yes and what so build, being, <laughs> what is this voice that you pop up randomly <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> Sad, sad voice like i'm crying <laughs> it's your sad voice oh, okay um and, then, <laughs> um and that's like you know definitely try to be as consistent as possible and because it really shows that you're very authentic right at the end of the day that's what really matters knowing that someone really cares for you and so remember to be a good clown it really means to understand the situation and step up to the plate and you do that authentically and consistently and in that way then you can be a really good clown Absolutely. Those are our lessons for today. Thank you so much for listening to our short podcast. Um, Until then, we'll catch you again next week here on Conversations in Clownery.